Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Being connected and the importance of putting others before ourselves. And and think about this for a second, new song. Uh, Even before sin was introduced into the world, the very first thing that God said was not good was for man to try to do this life alone. It just doesn't work. It's not the way that it was designed to be. There is absolutely no way that you can live your best life without being connected and putting others' needs before your own. We, we have this need that's hardwired into us to have healthy relationships and, and to live for something more than ourselves. It's just how we're wired. But it's a good question to ask is why? Why do we require and desire the things that we do? And in order to answer that, we really, I'm going to have to take us on a little trip today. I'm going to have to give us a little bit of a psychology lesson that honestly, when I learned this, it blew my mind. It completely changed the way that I viewed things, the way that I viewed just needs, the way that I viewed helping people. It just changed everything. You guys know McDonald's, right? And they have the secret sauce that they, that they put on the Big Mac that kind of makes the Big Mac a Big Mac. Well, I truly believe that if we can wrap our minds around this message today, that it's going to give us some of the secret sauce to actually be able to live our best life. And before we go ahead and, and kind of depart the station and head down there, I think it's important for everybody to know that's in here and that's watching from home is that everything in psychology, everything in science in general, is really just discovered biblical principles that are already embedded in the earth because God created it all. it, It kind of bothers me to a certain degree sometimes when I'm talking to other believers and Christians that say, man, I just don't like to get all tied up in science. I don't like science. I would say, why? Because when science done right, all it does is reveal God's glory. It reveals God's creation. It reveals God's plan. So it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to shy away from. It's actually something to embrace. I think many times science can help preach the gospel. And so today we're going to be talking a little psychology. And it was uh, Abraham Maslow that they're going to, the team's going to put a picture of Abraham up. In 1943, uh, this renowned psychologist was studying what motivates people. Human motivations, basically, what's the motivation for life and why do we do the things we do? And in his studies, Maslow identified these needs that all of humanity has. And he started with five and later would expand it to eight. And I want to show them to you today, New Song, because it's going to help you to understand how your life is interconnected with the world around you and maybe even why you do some of the things that you do. So first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this incredible opportunity. Lord, I just pray 
that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you would speak through me in a clear and powerful way. And Lord, that your people receive your word and it changes them forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So this first level of living, the most basic human needs that Maslow discovered or classified was called deficiency needs. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down, deficiency needs. And the very first of those is physical needs. Now, these are the no-brainers, right? This is and would include the need to breathe, the need for water, the need for food, shelter, and clothing. Okay, these are basic physical needs that we all have as humans. Doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, we have these needs. And something is very interesting about these needs. And that is that absolutely nothing can happen in our lives unless these needs are met. If these needs aren't met, we stay stagnant right there in life and can't accomplish anything. In our context today, we could say hungry bellies don't clearly hear the gospel. You know, it's why so many missionaries and ministries that we support, like Kirk Devinney in Guatemala and Pastor Mark Stockland in Haiti with Haiti Bible Mission, just to name a few, it's why they have feeding programs. Because they know, hey, we're going to have to feed them. We have to take care of a physical need before they're going to be able to hear anything about Jesus. It's why they have sustainability programs, teaching locals how to grow sustainable food so that they can continue to feed those hungry bellies. It's why as a church, as New Song Church, we have given over $45,000 to local benevolence in the last two years. That, that, that's helping families that are in need of groceries and food That's helping single moms in situations where maybe they haven't been able to make ends meet and and they need to to keep the lights on and keep the heat on in the house. It's because we've learned, New Song, that if we're going to preach Jesus, we have to preach Jesus in deeds and in words, not just in words. We feed them first physically so that we can feed them spiritually. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. He said, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Because we know that the world worries about these things. They're some of our most basic needs. But watch what Jesus goes on to say. He says, the pagans, unbelievers, they run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. How many know God designed us? He created us. He's well aware of what we need. So he's saying, hey, he knows you need these things. But he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things, these basic needs will be given to you as well. In other words, he's saying, God will be your provision in all things if you will put his kingdom and his righteousness first. His righteousness is simply that right standing relationship with God the Father that we get to access when we accept what Jesus did on the cross for us. 
His kingdom is essentially the rules that govern how God's blessings come into our life. So he's saying, if we will seek first, or if we will prioritize God's kingdom and the right standing relationship we have through the sacrifice of Jesus, then our needs will be met. That that those basic needs will be taken care of and we don't have to sweat them anymore. We don't have to be stuck there anymore. We can give that to God and move forward. The basic needs are going to be met. So once our physical needs are met, the next level is what Maslow called safety needs. So you can write that in your notes if you're following along. Safety needs. As a human, you need to be safe. And so do I. It's why we put locks on our doors. It's why as a country, we spent over $40 billion on home security just last year. It's a need. It's why you should probably keep your, keep your car locked. I had a friend in Florida that had a bad habit of leaving his car running as he would run into gas stations. He did not own that car very long. It's not a good idea. You need to lock your car. But we have this need to be safe. It's why here at New Song Church, we believe in a fully funded police department and we believe in supporting law enforcement. Thank God they're there to protect us. Thank God they're there to serve every single one of us. It's why we have a safety team here at the church that literally is protecting us and our children as we're in this very service. It's why we drive some of you parents nuts with the matching stickers that if you lose them, even if the teacher kind of knows you, we can't turn the kid over to you. It's not to drive you nuts. It's to protect your kids. It's because safety is important. Every human being has the basic right and need to be safe. And again, for our context, if someone doesn't feel safe, they will not be able to hear and receive what God has for them. And thank God the Lord has a plan for our safety. We read in Psalm 91, 11 through 12, it says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. He's saying, man, we got some guardian angels that they can step in. We don't even have to stub our toe. Our safety needs are provided not by anything but God. So once our safety need is taken care of, Maslow realized that we have something called love needs. Love needs. Every one of us love to be loved. We need to feel needed. We we need to feel connected relationally. It's hardwired into us. We need people in our lives. So we have these basic relationships that God has provided for us and designed for us to be able to meet those needs in this life. That would be things like the family unit. That would be things like siblings and the church, to name a few. It's why some people join sororities and join fraternities when they go off to college. To be honest with you, it's, it's why we buy Nike and drink Gatorade. We want to feel like we're on the winning team. 
We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. It's a desire that's inside every human. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they are well aware of this need that we have as humans. This desire that we have to be loved so badly and they prey on it. That's why there's that little heart. That's why there's a like button. It's why people get driven crazy. They post something on social media and every time their phone vibrates, they got to check who who gave that a like, who didn't like it. Why didn't they like it? It's a need that's hardwired in each and every one of us. The good news is, is God has an answer for that too. We read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 and 19, the Bible says this. It said, this is love. Lest you think it's what the world has distorted and perverted it to look like, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love because he first loved us. You see, God loved you way before you were ever able to love anybody else. He gave his life for you. And and it's important for us to understand that even if people in your life walk out on you, even if people don't seem to love you the way that you would like them to love you, you cannot let the devil convince you that you're unlovable because it couldn't be farther from the truth. We know that God's word says that he loved you even before you knew there was a God and he gave his life for you even before you knew there was an opportunity to be in relationship with him. We know that in Romans, it says, while we were lost in our sin, Christ died for us. So it's out of that place that we've received God's unconditional love, that we have the capacity to love the world that's around us and to connect to something bigger than ourselves which for many of us is that family of God. So that brings us to kind of this last need under Maslow's group of basic deficiency needs, which is called esteem needs, esteem needs. It's that feeling good about ourself is the internal portion of that. And then others feeling good about us is the external part. Let's be honest. We love to have a good reputation, right? We, we like to present well. It's, it's why many of us look in the mirror before we walk out of the building, before we walk out of our house. How many looked in the mirror this morning? Come on, be honest with me. You looked in the mirror at least once, you glanced. It's why we check our teeth after we eat something, right? We don't want to be in a situation where we're talking to somebody and have a big old piece of lettuce stuck on our teeth. We care how we present ourselves, We care what we look like. We want to feel esteemed by others. We want to have self-confidence. It's a basic need that's hardwired into each and every one of us. So I want the team to put up all these deficiency needs, these basic levels of living. And I want you to look at something on that screen. I want you to look at those and I want you to think how ruthlessly does the devil attack these areas in our life on a daily basis with the goal to keep you trapped right there 
never going past that, never experiencing a life that's free from these things so that you can discover purpose and ultimately make a difference. No, he wants to keep you trapped. Many of us have remained trapped. And I don't know what your story is. Everybody in here has a different story. Everybody watching from home has a completely different story. Maybe you grew up in a broken family. Maybe you experienced some kind of a traumatic relationship in your life. Maybe you've had people in your life that just up and walked out on you. And it left you in this deeply wounded state. And you find yourself in a place where you just feel so dysfunctional that you will allow yourself to tell yourself things like, God could never use a person like me. Too messed up. I'm too broken. I'm damaged goods. I just need to be thrown out in the trash. God could never make a difference through someone like me. I'm a mess. I'm not tall enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. And if you're believing that, you've believed all these lies from the devil. You've allowed him to pollute your mind to believe that to be true and to keep you from being motivated enough to take any step beyond being stuck in those basic levels of life. And it becomes a crazy cycle. It becomes a generational crazy cycle. It gets passed on from one child to another to another, and you see families that generationally get trapped in basic living. But there's good news that we have the truth of verses like 2 Corinthians 5.17 that can pluck us out of the crazy cycle if we will just embrace them. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. It's saying that the entire old life that all the destructive behavior, all the things that happen to you, all of the pain of your life gets to leave. That you don't have to be bound by it any longer. That you don't have to be defined by it any longer. Because I understand some of it you did to yourself, but some of it you had no control over. But you don't have to be defined by it. You don't have to stay stuck in it. You can get freedom from it. There is a brand new life. And I really believe that there is somebody that's in this building right now that needs to hear this. Somebody maybe that's watching from home that needs to hear, God wants to restore what's broken in your life. God wants to resurrect some dreams that are dead and he wants to make you a brand new person. You don't have to be stuck in your past. God's saying, no, 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 I'm going to start over. I'm going to do a new thing in your life, and I want you to have a brand new perspective. But the devil would love nothing more than to keep you trapped in, those basic, in that basic living. He doesn't want you to go anywhere past that. Many of you are probably familiar with the Old Testament story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And maybe if you're new to church or you're new to the Bible and you're not familiar with that, basically it was these three young Israelite men that were part of the uh, Israelites that were captured by Babylon and, and brought into Babylon 
and under slavery. And there was this evil king. And this one time he was so full of himself that he uh, erected this golden statue of himself, many theologians believe, and had all of the Israelites come around and he just said, hey, all right, the trumpets are going to sound. You're going to bow down and worship this idol or else. So we know that in the story, of course, this happens. The trumpets sound. Everybody bows down except for three Israelite young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're left standing. So then the king, very angry and yet confused, looks out and probably goes, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that out there one more time because obviously there's three of you that didn't hear it because if these trumpets blow and you don't bow to this idol, you will be thrown into a furnace. Trumpets sound, they don't budge. It's incredible when you think about it in the context we're using today. If they would have got trapped in those first four levels of basic living, they would have never stood against the king. Watch this. The moment they walked into Babylon, they chose to give up some physical needs. Because if you remember the story, they said, no, we're not going to eat your food. That's not going to happen. You, you have sacrificed that food to false gods. Sorry, we'll take care of ourselves. They gave up some physical needs. They definitely gave up their safety needs because they were looking right into the face of a blazing furnace. Their rational mind, New Song, had to be screaming at them saying, you need to bow, bro, or we are going to die. We're going to get thrown in this furnace. Let's just bow. And yet, nope, they didn't. And New Song, can I tell you, there's a lot of people within the capital C church that's walking around that would say, you know what? It's okay. I can just bow now. I can stand later. Can I tell you? No, if you bow now, it's over. It's over. This is a moment we have to take a stand. But I believe one of the things that strengthened Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the fact that they were standing together. So how many know it's a lot easier to face something in life that's difficult if you're standing arm in arm with some people that you know have your back? So we have to stand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saying, we know that God will protect us. Our safety is not in the hands of the king, it's in God's hands. Our physical needs are not in the hands of Babylon. It's in the hands of God. And you know they disregarded their love needs and their esteem needs because they were going against the entire crowd. Everybody else is bowing. And yet you know there were some people bowing down, going, what are you doing? He's going to get mad at all of us. They were giving up. They didn't care what people thought. They were going to stand for the one true God. They weren't going to bow to an idol. New song, it shows us that we have to stand with people so that we can stand for people. We have no time to bow. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to fully trust God with all of their basic needs. And if we could get to that place in our lives, it would move us out of basic living and into next level living. So Maslow would go on in his study to say that if a person could have their four basic needs met, they would then move out of deficiency needs and into what he called growth needs. So you can write that down in your notes. Growth needs. This is where you actually start to achieve things in your life. 
That level of living is going to start with what he called cognitive needs. This is where you begin to have a thirst for knowledge. You want to grow. You want to improve. This is where some of us, you get to a state, read books. You can't wait to obtain knowledge. It's why we watch Discovery Channel and things like Shark Week. Love Shark Week. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year, without a doubt. You know, I'm just one of those people that I want to know exactly how my arm's going to get bit off if I am ever stupid enough to go to the Great Barrier Reef and go surfing. I just want to know. I have that, I, I have that why inside of me that I just want to know. We love to learn. It's how God wired us. And then once we obtain some knowledge, he says we advance to this next level that's called the aesthetic need. The aesthetic need. This is where we like to beautify the things around us, the places we live, the things that we do, places we go, the places we work. Do you know that in 2020, when everybody, most people were confined to their home, that in the U.S., 65% of the population either did some kind of home improvement project or just completely moved in 2020. Just real quick, I did it in first service. I want to see here. How many at least put a coat of paint on the house in 2020 at some point? You did something to your house. It's because we have this aesthetic need that's hardwired into us. We found ourselves at home and we're looking going, why did I ever choose that color? We got to change that. We have no space. We need to expand. It's that aesthetic need that's hardwired into us. We need to make things aesthetically pleasing. And then the next level, this is where Maslow initially thought that this was the highest level of living. He thought, my goodness, if you get here, you have arrived. And he called it self-actualization needs. And this is a place that Maslow said is, a, is this level where all your needs are met and you begin to discover some of your unique gifts, your passions, your talents, and you begin to excel in those areas. Maybe if it's in a, a place of work, you excel to the highest title that's possible for those things. Now, as you can imagine, there's not many people that get to this point. You know, we can maybe think in our day, you think of, of maybe some guys like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, that, that maybe they're at the very top of this. And for the longest time, I'm convinced that this was the highest form of living. There was an issue that all these experts would come out and they're questioning Maslow and they're saying, hey, but here's the problem. Only one to 2% of the adult population in the world is ever going to get there, if that. And one of the experts actually said, it's impossible to live a fulfilled life. To which I would submit to you, New Song, is not true. But, but it's not because it's impossible. And that wasn't even the reason why they were finding it impossible. They found it impossible because their motivation was completely wrong. You see, they made it all about themselves, what they could accomplish on their own. It was 100% selfishness which is classic humanity. That's the flesh. It's I, 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 me, me, me. And can I tell you, selfishness has never been a sustainable motivator, ever. They removed God from the entire process 
Therefore, many people sadly never escape that very first basic level of living. Because they never involved God, who's supposed to be the sole source of all those basic needs, the basic things then kept them down, kept them from going to that next level. New song, I would ask, how many of us in here are allowing some basic needs that we refuse to trust to God keep us down instead of actually living the abundant life that Jesus came for us to live? So then for these elite few that somehow managed to escape all these levels, they never sustainably reached this self-actualization because their motivation is themselves. And they find that if they do kind of reach it, no fulfillment, they actually get there and say, it's all meaningless. I'll never forget something on ESPN that I had watched before. It was an interview with Tom Brady. And it was right after he won his third Super Bowl. And, and they had asked him, the interviewer had said, they said, my goodness, Tom, wow. You've won three Super Bowls. You married a supermodel. Like, you have arrived. You are living every man's dream. How do you feel? And he was like, to be honest, I thought there'd be more. I just kind of feel incomplete. What? This, this blew the world away. Like this response, how could that be? We also heard, maybe some of you heard that back in January of 2021, the creator of Sweet and Low, right? The little pink packets that you see everywhere when you go to a restaurant, anywhere on the globe, right? One of those things that you look at and you go, man, whoever created that, whew, bet they got their toes in the sand. This man, January 2021, jumped to his death in, out of his New York City $10 million luxury apartment. Why do you think so? Because you can be the best, new song, at something. You could have all the money in the world, but if you don't put Jesus in the middle of it, then it's all completely meaningless. It means nothing. Maslow finally figured this out towards the end of his life in this moment where he actually came out and he said, you know, that was a great study. There's a lot of truths in it. It's, there's great stuff to apply in life. I kind of missed a little something that I've discovered over living my life, that there's actually an extra level of living. And he called it ascendance living. And listen to this. This is incredible. This is an incredible new song. This is a secular, non-Christian psychologist. This is what he said. This is the quote. Transcendence is taking everything you know about yourself, the world, all the gifts, skills, and passions that you've developed and leveraging them to make a difference in the lives of others. To improve the world, to leave a legacy. And he added, only when you're giving away everything that you have learned and everything that you have accomplished, will you actually find true fulfillment? How incredible is that? Now, mind you, Maslow spent his entire body of work, his entire life discovering this. He could have just picked up his Bible and discovered it a lot faster. Because we know that Jesus says, get a load of this, in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, 
says, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. He's saying that if you will invest into the lives of others, if you'll realize that this life actually is not about this life, but it's actually about the life to come, it's about eternity, it's only then that you will find true life and true fulfillment. It's why you hear us say at New Song quite often that somebody's eternity is waiting on the other side of your obedience. Think about it. Think about the video we've seen with Andrew this morning. The Holy Spirit, I believe, was putting that on his friend to invite him to church that night. And had that friend not been obedient to what the Spirit was putting on his heart, I don't know what would have happened. But through his obedience, look at the eternity that is set forward for Andrew now. Look at the blessings that God has brought into his life all from the obedience of one friend. New song, can I ask you, who's that person on the other side of your obedience that's gonna benefit eternally for your obedience? You see, we at New Song here, we want to get you to a place where your life has deep meaning and purpose, and that every day you wake up with air in your lungs, knowing that this is what I was created to do. That, that I'm making a difference in other people's lives. And you might be saying, wow, pastor, that's great. There's been some aha moments here. This is some incredible information. How do I do it? How do I do it? I'm glad you asked. Because I want to just take a quick moment here and just give you three pieces of really some application that you can apply here that I believe you can start truly living your best life. Number one, you got to find your purpose. You got to find your purpose. First Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is, this is my favorite part. God's special possession. Man, if there's anybody in this room or watching from home that you're struggling, feeling broken, that you feel like, your life is worthless, that God's never gonna do anything, you've done too much, he's already thrown you in the trash. Can I tell you that's a lie? Can I tell you that God's word says you are God's special possession? Some of you just need to read that and reread that so that you will redefine who you are in Christ and not worry about what other people are saying about you. Not worry what your past might say about you. Instead, redefine who you are in Christ because the word says you're chosen. You're viewed by God as holy through Christ. You're a special possession. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. He gave his life for you. He cares about you deeply. First Peter goes on to say, you do this so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Can I tell you, God's done a miracle in your life. We all have a different story, but he's done a miracle in your life. And he hasn't done it just so you can walk around and feel the fuzzies and enjoy life. 
No, he did it so that now you can be a part of a miracle in somebody else's life. Your purpose is to reach people. You're God's plan A and there is no plan B. You're here to make a difference, which leads us to number two. You've got to find your passion. You got to find your passion. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. It says, now all of you together are Christ's body and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Separate and necessary. The devil loves to convince God's people that they are insignificant. He he loves to make you feel like, oh, well, you know, nobody would really care if I actually did that. Am I really going to make a difference? Am I making a difference? It doesn't matter if I join a small group, if I lead a small group. It doesn't really matter. Nobody's going to notice if I use my gifts or I don't use my gifts. I'm insignificant. It's all insignificant. Nothing could be farther from the truth. You are separate and necessary part of the body of Christ. David says it this way in Psalm 139. Many of you are probably familiar with this scripture. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, the word wonderfully in the Hebrew actually means one of a kind, unique. God made you the way that you are on purpose with a purpose. I I wanted to include this this slide for you, this quote in your notes, because I think it's so important to say that you were born an original. Don't you dare die a copy. God wants you to be unique. He's made you unique. And that leads us perfectly into number three. This is our last point as we get ready to close today. And that is you've got to find your people. You've got to find your people. Each one of us has different groups of people that we can reach. We have different passions. We have different things that we enjoy. It's the very reason that our small groups are designed and wired the way that they are designed and wired. And can I tell you, we have a bunch of them launching in February. And I am going to stand up here and I will publicly say that I am begging you to join a group because you need a group. Because New Song, we have to get to a point where we are standing together with people so that we can ultimately stand for people. We need to circle up now more than ever before. We need godly relationships in this life. You got to find people that you connect with. And Paul instructs Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 18, saying, Timothy, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In other words, he's saying, Paul's telling Timothy, teach your church how to leverage their life for others in every capacity with their gifts, with their talents, with their time, with their treasures, everything they can. Teach them to be rich in loving others because 
goes on to say, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, for eternity, for heaven, what really matters, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Not the fake substitute, the copy that the world tries to sell you, the true life, the abundant life that Jesus was talking about when he said, this is why I came, for you to experience life to the full. Some translations say abundant life. And it's important to remember that if you truly want to live your best life, do something. But you're going to have to learn to trust God for all your needs. Don't get stuck in one of these basic levels of living. Just trust God. And then you're going to have to start to stand with people. Not fly solo. Not just do me and my two people that I'm comfortable with. But to actually do life with people, stand with people in order to be able to stand for people. Somebody's eternity is waiting on the other side of your obedience. New song, would you stand with me as we close? So I believe that God gave me that word on purpose. And I don't know about you, but I believe that God's got some amazing things in store for this church in 2022. And he's going to use each and every one of you to be able to impact this area like you never thought possible. But he's going to do it even better. He's not only going to let us impact this area, he's going to let us partner with him to impact the nation and to impact the globe. But we're going to have to start trusting. He wants the best for you. He wants us to be living our best life. He says, I came for abundant life. But we can't get trapped in basic living. We got to get past it. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm not going to ask you who needs to be prayed for and encouraged for that kind of boldness and getting past some of these basic levels because I know it applies to everybody in the building including myself but I do want to talk to somebody in here that if that's you today and you're saying you know what pastor not only at times have I been trapped in some basic living but man I've never trusted Jesus as my savior that's the first step that I need to take today and pastor the Holy Spirit's been working on me this morning and Man, today's the day that I'm going to commit my life to him. Sick and tired of doing it all on my own. I'm ready to give it over to him. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to have you come forward. I just want to pray a simple prayer right where you're at. And if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want you to include me in that prayer. Count me in. Would you be bold enough just to shoot your hand up right now with every eye closed and head bowed? If that's you, shoot that hand up and say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. That's incredible. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. So the first part of this prayer, I'm praying for you. 
You can choose to pray right along with me, or you can make it your own. That's your choice. The one thing I ask is that you mean it when you say it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I'm tired of living this life on my own. I'm tired of calling my own shots. Today, this morning, I'm calling out to you. I'm making a difference through you, Lord God. And I believe that you are exactly who you said you are, that you are the son of God, that you died on the cross. You took on a punishment that I deserved for my sins, but you took it and you took those sins away from me. So I am giving my life to you, but you didn't stay dead. No, you rose again three days later and would later ascend to the right hand of the Father where you are right now interceding for me. Lord, give me the strength of your Holy Spirit to be able to live out this life, to be able to make a difference in others' lives, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice right now, Lord, that you would give us the strength and power to trust you, Lord, so that we could move away from basic living and into that next level living that you want for us. Lord, into that abundant life that you've promised us when we will trust in you and put you first. Lord, I pray that you would use us in 2022 to make a difference in those around us and those around the globe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.